Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we explore the big political stories of the moment. I'm Mike Siluma, and thanks for joining us. As our country hovers between load-shedding stages in the throes of the worst power shortages in history, government has promised it has a plan to end load-shedding. But given previous promises in the past that did not materialize, what's to make of government's latest pronouncements. That's our issue this time on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. For that conversation, we're joined by Dr. Padi Lehosha, who's the former statistician general of the country, as well as Dr. Iraj Abedian, uh, who's the chief executive of Pan-African Investment and Research Services. With immediate effect. When people zone. And I quote, in two years' time, Eskim's problems will be a thing of the past. People won't even remember load shedding. Unquote. They put saliva on the paper. I'm in charge. That's why these fools are running around here. I'm in charge. And then they share that zone. Point of order, Chaperson. Order, Chaperson. Point of order. Ruling party by point of order. Must step aside within 30 days. No, I'm not going to apologize. We have no brains whatsoever. The AFP president was sabotaged again yesterday. Well, sabotage, that can be This is not a shit. Welcome to the both of you, gentlemen. Uh, let, let, let us start with you, uh, Dr. Abedian. Uh, do you believe the estimates that government is giving in terms of ending load shedding? Because depending on, on who one speaks to, uh, we're being told 12 months, 18 months, two years, and whatever, you know, whatever other estimate that comes in the middle, depending on who one talks to. Uh, do you believe those estimates, Dr. Abedian? No, Mike, uh, to be honest, absolutely not. Uh, not only because of the track record of, of um, the government's uh, ministers and the president who was uh, 10 years ago deputy president and he was uh, in charge of the war room of the ESCOM. Um, not, not only because of that, because the, the, the so-called plan is unknown. Uh, one day, uh, Minister of Energy... Uh, Minister Mantash says, no, give me 18 months, I'll sort it out. The following day, he comes and says, no, we must uh, sign a 20-year gas with uh, uh, car power, Turkish ship. And then the day after, he says, no, maybe 10 years will be better. Uh, it's just absolute chaos. And the so-called Energy Council uh, is a split uh, three, four ways, and nobody knows who they are and what their thinkings are. They do not come out to the public and 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 argue their case. So, in essence, Mike, what I'm arguing is that the creation of generation and distribution of energy or energy security is not a political promise. It's not an ideological game. It's a technical game, and every day that we delay it. Our generation capacity at ESCOM gets so much more unreliable, so much older. Just for the record, 60% of the old generation should have been retired 10 years ago. And the new generation, the so-called Kusili and Nadupi, are an absolute disaster by engineering. The other day, the, the tower was supposed to, to was about to collapse. So how do you believe when there is no technical discussion? It's all political promise and ideological games. Mm. Dr. Leosha, what is your sense? You know, are you are you feeling that you are more confident now uh, with the latest promises than you would have been twelve months ago, 
five years ago, 15 years ago? Uh, well, 15 years ago, I, I, I felt a, a lot more comfortable. Uh, five years ago, when we saw the load sharing being attended to somewhat, I got a bit confident. But in the last four years, I've suffered paralysis of sorts. Uh, I don't think my brain works any longer, given the promises. And as Iraj correctly says, this thing is a technical issue. It's, it has nothing to do with uh, politics in terms of finding a solution. Uh, and uh, when it's dominated by politicians, you know that it will be a mess. It doesn't mean that uh, there are political decisions that have to assist the technical processes to move. But I think uh, one sees a lot more um, tripping of one another uh, by the politicians in all this. I mean, uh, I wrote uh, five months ago when we were load sharing two and the Pravin God and the minister of DPME was saying, hey, well, load two to load eight is the long distance. I said, well, in networked industries, one in eight or one in five, it's already has to be estimated as an exponential relationship because for that one in relation to the others that it has to op operate with, it's not just that one. It's actually a vectorized kind of, a, you know, exponentiation. So, the fact that he thought that load sharing eight was far and uh, just using the distance between two and eight uh, just showed how conceptually dwarfy uh, the politicians are as regards this particular issue. And they continue to be dwarfs uh, on this. I am, I, my, my, my confidence in this is thin air. Mm. So, 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 so we, we, you know, the, the question at the back of everyone's minds, you know, obviously is because of the, of the haphazard way in which we're going up stages, you know, so, you know, one day we on four, another day we on six, another day, there's no load shedding on Christmas day. And then exactly the following day, suddenly we're having a crisis again. Um, the, the question at the back of a lot of people is, could things get worse? What, what, what's, your, what's your sense? Mark, Mark, absolutely it can get worse. It's like, uh, I've, I've used this analogy many times. Imagine you have a car that is 65 years old, looks pretty, uh, you painted it, but you know that every bit of it from engine to, to wheels to brakes to, to steering uh, can collapse at any point uh, as you drive. And, and you drive uh, long distance. And you know, and the mechanic told you, and everybody else told you, and common sense suggests that you should have retired and scrapped this car 30, 40 years ago. And yes, you love it because of ideological or, or sentimental reasons, and you travel with it. So expect that around the corner, at the valley, at the hill, something will break down. You may go 100 kilometers, nothing happens. You might go 20 kilometers, and three things happen. And that's exactly the situation of this, the, the situation at ESCOM. We have hollowed out management. We have hollowed out uh, all those who knew anything about any of the businesses. And we have encumbered it with all kinds of networks of extractions. That's what at the heart of it is. Mm. At the heart of it is that the ministers have all kinds of uh, uh, economic interest in that commercial interest. They do not want any segments of it to be cleaned up. No matter which CEO you put in place, the minute that they want to clean up, if they go beyond a certain point, 
they are either racially incompetent or professionally incompetent or they are in the wrong side of the uh, faction and there some or other way they kick them out. The fact is ESCOM commercially is a network of mafia style of extraction. Engineering-wise, it's a dilapidated machine that should have been retired long time ago. And politically, our politicians just don't know what's hitting them. Unfortunately, the cost of the society is compounding. And that is a very sad and tragic part of this. Mm-hmm. Dr. Alihusa, there, there are a lot of, you know, I, I, I'm struck by how convoluted and complicated the communication around uh, ESCOM is. You know, uh, doc, Dr. Abedian says that uh, there's, there's the factor of criminality and extraction uh, where people are wanting, are using uh, ESCOM as, as a cash cow, as it were. Um, do you feel that at any level we have a grasp of the technical, at least the technical side of what's going wrong with ESCOM as we speak? I'm sure as a, as a technical behemoth, uh, there have to be people who are engineers who can inspect and say, this is the situation and this is how far we can go uh, with ESCOM while they lay down a, a, a long-term uh, kind of, uh, of, of strategy on this. So from that technical point of view, it, it is clearer because, I mean, uh, these things are mechanical things that you can actually assess and give a, a certificate of death or a certificate of health too. There's the second part, which is uh, financing that process, uh, at least resourcing it. Um, that also should be very, very, very obvious uh, from my mind. The, 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 and then the, the hazy political uh, machinations of interests uh, that actually turned ESCOM into a cash cow. I mean, the moment politicians stepped into that space of ESCOM, so Gungubele confirmed this, who is minister in the presidency, about five years ago. He said, well, or six years ago, he said, we destroyed that. And indeed they did. And they are trying to rescue it now. I think uh, it's really very, very messy. Um, I still think that uh, ESCOM generation units uh, can still be uh, recovered in order to connect us to the next transition. We need to use this uh, skorogoro uh, to get at least to the next uh, transition. Because if it collapses, uh, you know, only God knows what will happen to this country, uh, to industry. And it, it's, it's very difficult for a country that is destroying and clearly very, very deliberately destroying to attract anybody towards it. A country that is rebuilding, even when it has been so badly harmed and destroyed, it tends to have people coming towards it and helping. This one is constantly destroying, and it's impossible to attract anybody towards it. Now, Dr. Rosa, while you you know you 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 have the the the, the floor, the, I, I want to ask you that you know recently, a couple of weeks ago, the president was going to go to the World Economic Forum. Uh, in, in in Switzerland, and then he cancelled at the last minute, ostensibly to to deal with the crisis. Now, for for me, what what that speaks to is our apparent way or attempt at dealing with the problem by con- consultation and many many meetings. I mean, when he came back, 
he he met everybody from from tra- uh, traditional leaders to 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 businesses small businesses and just about everybody who is a an organized entity he seems to be wanting to meet with them and talk to them do you believe that those kinds of general mass com- uh, conversations will lead us to a solution I mean, this is a technical problem. What will uh, I do to be consulted on a matter, ESCOM? It's wasting time. I mean, get the engineers to look at this, assemble them, resource them well to solve the problem, and uh, ensure that uh, what a, prob- a, prob- a, a solution that is sensible is adopted. This is an engineering problem in the first instance. There is the economic side of it and the finance side of it. At the moment, we really have to solve the engineering uh, of ESCOM and then ensure that it runs a little bit. It may harm us economically, but I think the cost-benefit uh, uh, of, uh, of benefit of it collapsing on us or holding it to go on until a, a period of time where we are sol- getting solutions is the best way to go because... Uh, a collapse it's a very very dangerous thing uh, mike if i may add uh, mm. i think it's uh, in my view um, i agree with paul but only um, that's about one quarter of what we need escom uh, at the moment is not just an engineering issue um, there are four competencies that should be around the table and politicians must be out of the room completely and they must sign that they will never ever interfere and if they do they must go to prison literally and it must be an open camera thing it must not be a secret thing for we need four types of expertise at the table we need engineers but we also need logistic managers who are expert in supply chain management we cannot have cold delivered to the power station and the third of it is rocks and and we pay for the coal we also need maintenance <laughs> people and we need financial people um those four expertise that are interrelated you can have the best generation substations but when there are issues of uh, logistics when there are issues of maintenance that are uh, not done cannot be done because you don't have competent people you cannot um, just engineers cannot solve the problem it's like having engineers fixing your car if i use the analogy but then you put an incompetent driver who crashes it every uh, uh, kilometer or so, <laughs> uh, and then you have a mechanic who comes and uh, screws the wrong thing around, and then the car was okay, but there is more than that. So I think ESCOM, we mustn't underestimate or diminish it to either financial or organizational or engineering or logistic management. The networks that have to be dismantled require unencumbered uh leeway whether they are white black whether they are old mining companies new black empowerment companies all of them if they are doing criminal things they need to be named shamed and legally charged and barred from ever doing anything with public sector so i think that's the type of mentality that we need we need to mobilize security to to protect these stations we cannot have uh, 100,000 liters of diesel suddenly disappearing in, in Mpumalanga and up to today nobody knows who and how. This stuff has become really a cascading blend of, uh, if it wasn't real, it would be a, a Hollywood comedy. 
Um, but the sad part of it is that our economy, as Polly mentioned, is crumbling under the um, the duress of this nonsense that we have uh, we have uh, made up for ourselves. It's an engineered problem. Those who made it, as Einstein said, you cannot solve the problem with the same mindset that you created it. Um, the cabinet must get out of the way. The laws should be suspended. The military has to be put in and the right expertise around the table and they must openly deal with it. Mm. Hey, Dr. Luther, do you think we have the, the stomach to do that, to clamp down on the criminality at ESCOM? Well, I mean, uh, the solution is simple in the end. Uh, you know what they call the overturn window of uh, political <laughs> opportunities, uh, where actually by every day the inevitable becomes, uh, or rather the, the impossible becomes the, the inevitable. Yeah. I, I'm sure we are approaching that point where... Uh, the politicians will run out of steam and will be out of there. But they'll have allowed so much chaos that the necessary order that Iraj is talking about will have been exhausted, and then ESCOM will collapse. Surely, the presence of politicians in this technically this technical problem is not necessary. Theirs is to mobilize public confidence around the technical solutions that are there and are credible. They are not there to lead the technical space. I think for a very long time, uh, South Africans have led uh, technical issues to the politicians to parade as competent in these areas. And that absence of uh, engineers, scientists at the forefront of development is what we are bearing that, the consequences of that. We are reaping the consequences of that. The scientists, the engineers, and everybody must be at the forefront of development henceforth and never leave. This is the, the lesson that we must know. We should never, those who are competent in the spaces, should never leave that space to the politicians. Mm, but if the politicians chase them out, if, if the politicians chase them out, as happened during the years of state capture? No, it, it, it's because you have transferred power to them already. So what you need is to be there all the time, your presence, in the technical areas of development must be there all the time so that the politician will not do a senseless thing like they did. Hmm. Dr. Biden, do, do you want to come in here? Because I, one of the things that, uh, that, that amazed me uh, in the last week was that, you know, and, and we reported about that in the, in, in the Sunday Times, that... Uh, Despite uh, Andrew Durata resigning many, many weeks ago, uh, we have not even put out the advert for the job. We have no idea who's going to succeed him. That, that, does, that, does that amaze you? It, because it looks like there was no succession plan A and B. There was no forward planning to say, you know, if, we, if, if, if either Andrew Durata voluntarily resigns or we force him out, what's going to be the plan? What's, who's going to be the replacement? Yeah, I mean, that's like another case. Uh, Goethe Mantash goes public accusing the CEO of an state-owned entity to subverting the state. <laughs> uh, who, uh, which self-respecting uh, CEO would stay in the job? Um, obviously, he resigned and he made it clear. He said, the job was made untenable for me. Um, there was tension between Parvin Gordon and Goethe Mantash and 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 the president couldn't um, touch either of them. So you have this uh, incredible, uh, almost tragic uh, lack of, of leadership. 
you have agendas within the agendas and never mind doing orderly succession planning uh, and uh, due time. So we're going to, uh, I'm sorry that we're going to have the day that uh, the rate walks out, there will be sort of a, a acting CEO uh, and the president hasn't even filled his cabinet, never mind succession planning for SOEs. And uh, this is the style of leadership. This is a style of uh, read the speech and go home and everything will, shall come right. Uh, and we cannot run a complex business or any business in this manner. So you're absolutely right. It's it's surprising, but I'm in a way I'm shocked, but not surprised. And nothing will surprise me with the style of management that we have because it's unbelievable how management 101, politics 101, corporate 101, finance 101, all of these are violated. And then we sur we are surprised why nobody can success or make a success of this this uh, conundrum that we have. Mm. Uh, Dr. Lhusadi, say say you a you a you a president for for a day. What what would you say are the three things that we would need to do to get on top of the of the energy crisis and ESCOM in particular? Well. Uh, I wish I were a president. I don't think I have the mind of a president. <laughs> but uh, perhaps I should draw from my own experience at Stats SA when the situation was very difficult and Iran knows very well uh, how difficult the statistics were. Certainly, I had to look at competent people to come and help me in the leadership. I had to draw on other people who were competent, who had run statistics offices. And I had to be modest in saying I have a challenge I have things that I do not understand, I do not know. I need you around me so that we can do those things. I would bolster the capacity of the institution and embolden their morale in the organization, but not the morale by song and dance, but by real uh, actions that improve on the management, improve on the competence. I would actually uh, say, work on what what is it that is best for ESCOM. If it collapses, we actually have day zero. We become a, a Pol Pot state like Cambodia. Do we become a Pol Pot state or do we throw all the resources that we have in the knowledge that we now have a solution? I would do the latter, but I wouldn't throw those resources until I know that I have a solid mm -hmm. technical team that can actually deal with this. Mm. Let me throw in something that uh, has been evolving and emerging. Uh, we will we will we'll discuss that, but uh, there is a technology that was discovered by Tesla, which was energy in the air. And this technology has now been deployed, and there are some who are now looking at it very seriously. Because if that technology which cools the towers, which uh, improves combustion because of increasing the density of the air that goes into the th those. Uh, immediately, the combustion and the output of ESCOM can be higher by about 15 percentage points. Mm. Now, those towers that work will need that technology to make this happen. And Tesla talks about this free energy in the air and now that has been transformed by a, a scientist called uh, Valery Matsetenko. And uh, this works quite some wonders to see how that cooling 
how effective that cooling is. I've seen it with my eyes. I felt it with my own hands. And I think it's time we looked at that so that we can deal with the towers that are still performing. If we get 15 percentage points on each tower, we are likely to at least have no load sharing in the near future. And these mm. things are deploy deployable in 10 months or so. And I mm. think we need attention to this. Okay. We will we will take a copy of this podcast and send it to the chairperson of ESCOM after this, uh, Dr. Lewis. Maybe he will he will uh, be sympathetic to your idea. Uh, 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 Dr. Abidian, do, do you want to come in? What, what are the three things that you think we should be doing right now in the middle of this very deep crisis? I think I, I can really uh, uh, sort of resonate with what, what Pali is saying about the impending potential collapse, which is very serious, not to be sensational or doomsday said. But what I would do, I would uh, ask Mr. Ma uh, Elon Musk and the team to come and do a service here and bring uh, suspend all the laws that, that applies to ESCOM for three years. I would bring a team of uh, financial, uh, technical, the same team that I mentioned earlier, and give them carte blanche um, authority, uh, um, sort of freedom from ministerial uh, entanglement, from any other entanglement, give them free hand and say, turn the situation around and find emergency solutions and open and communicate with the nation on a weekly basis. Mm. The, 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 just before we, we, we round off, the, and, and I have to start with you, uh, Dr. Lewis, the, this debate um, you know, between coal and renewables, is it a real debate or is it a phony debate? Uh, I, I think uh, it's a phony debate because there are interests and these interests are financial. For me, a just energy transition would start with the people that have been experiencing fumes for 100 years in Pumalanga and all that. If those people were received reparations and were considered, then I would believe in just energy transition. In the absence of that, I don't understand what just is. <laughs> Dr. Abidin? Yeah, there is nothing more unjust than what we have now, which is every day thousands of people lose their jobs, enterprises close down, people die in hospitals, people die or, or rot in mortuaries, uh, babies are born into a very unhygienic situation, and it goes on and on and on, and judges cannot perform, and not, the business is uncommon. But this is unjust transition, never mind fair and just transition. So this is a political oxymoron that from Biden to Ramaphosa, they repeat it and they don't understand what it means. So what we need to do, we need to get serious. This is a really a war situation, a war of uh, a battle against, if you like, a titanic war against saving the economy or not. And I would say we need to throw everything at it and take it extremely seriously. We must stop playing with this uh, just this and just that, as if they know what they are talking about. Mm. And 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 lastly, do 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 you believe that we have the capacity to avoid a complete collapse of the of the grid? I think for sections of the economy we have, for other sections we don't. Uh, certainly for uh, for deep mining, precision manufacturing, we don't have because we've run out of runway, so to speak. Mm. 
Dr. Lehosa, well, are, are you optimistic or pessimistic at this point? This is centered around leadership. I mean, when you close down something like Komati, and then you say there were only 121 megawatts, after all, the last unit, uh, it, didn't, uh, it wasn't significant. It just shows your disposition mm. to issues of transitions and transformations. Because during transitions, a lot of things can go wrong. Whatever mm. capacity you had, you had to preserve. But because there was this um, chase against glory of saying we are following jet, we have closed commodity, which still had, Unit 9 still had 121 megawatts. Now, we need to preserve every megawatt. Yeah. We closed mm. it under the promise of 70, not even 70 megawatts, of 21 megawatts in another two years. I mean, yes. Israel is an economist. And tell you, bread now is better than big bread. A big loaf of bread now is better than a two slices two years down the line. That's what we have chosen. Mm, indeed, indeed. Well, gentlemen, we're going to have to wrap it up now because we have uh, run out of time. Uh, we'd like to thank you very much for joining us on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. Uh, our guests, Dr. Padi Lehosa, a former statistician general of the country, as well as Dr. Iraj Abedian, who's the chief executive of Pan-African Investment and Research Services. We really appreciate your time. Uh, I'm Mike Siluma. Until next time, do stay safe, stay blessed. And let's do good for our country.